Hi, I'm Mike Burton of Star Wars Comics and Canon and Genuine Chit Chat, and I'm here to talk to you guys about a new monthly show that's coming out on Comics in Motion very soon. Now the show is going to be called the Comics in Motion Book Club, and it's specifically going to be tackling one-shots, mini-series, or small volumes of ongoing runs of comics. The idea behind it is a host as well as a handful of guests are going to sit down like an old school book club and talk about the comic, the narrative, their thoughts on it, the art style, and just generally all aspects of the comic in question. We would also love to hear from you guys on the show, so please make sure you send in your thoughts, your questions, or anything you'd like us to say on air, and you can contact us either on social media at comicsinmotionp, or you can email us at comicsinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. We're also going to have a rolling host, so it's going to be a different person each month, just so there's a nice big variety of the kind of comics that we tackle, and obviously the guests are going to change as well, so every month is going to be something different. I'm going to be the host of the first episode, and unsurprisingly, we are tackling a Star Wars comic. It's going to be the first volume of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. It's the 2017 Darth Vader run, written by Charles Saul. We're going to be tackling issues 1-6 to six for the Chosen One arc, but the trade paperback collection is called The Imperial Machine. You can find this on Marvel Unlimited, and you can also find it on Hoopla, as well as you can buy it on Comixology and all the usual places that you find your comics. So with that all said guys, the countdown begins. Happy reading, and we look forward to hearing from you. Season's greetings to all. And to all, a warm welcome to the first side project for our little podcast, where we take a look at something current, a new one released in 2021. Despite reservations due to recent revelations about creator He Who Be Don Be Named, we will be taking an episode-by-episode look at new HBO show, The Nevers. As stated on Binging Buffy, it takes much more than one man to make a show, so it shouldn't take one man to break a show too. I'm your host, Jack, and guesting alongside me today is the main man, a big brain, behind one of my most favourite podcasts, Spider Down in the Secret Wars. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. Thanks very much for, for coming on. It's good to, uh, to, to get you on and to hear your perspective on the show, because you've always got something interesting to say about the smaller corners of fandom. So it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on something that's a little bit more mainstream for change as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I tend to kind of, again, I'm not really a TV kind of guy. I don't tend to mm. watch these big series. I don't tend to watch the HBO stuff. I might come back to them, you know, later in the day, you know, mm. years down the line, um, like Sopranos and, uh, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. it's, of, it's often very rare I'll watch a show religiously day in, day out, week after week, um, you know, uh, especially something episodic and, mm-hmm. and definitely on, on like a TV because I, I, you know, back in the day, the the series was so long, like 26, 28 mm. episodes, depending. Um, now I think they are a bit more manageable, like mm-hmm. to, for me to kind of sit down and just watch. Um, I think I'm a bit more of a binger as well, so I tend to mm. do like two or three episodes at a, at a go, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe have a rest, or depending how much I'm enjoying something. But um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested to uh, to hear your thoughts as well on this. Um, it's it's definitely something a bit. A bit, different. a bit different. It is, yeah. I think it's going to be interesting how the release schedule works here because obviously it's already on in the States and it's on week by week there. So the plan was for this to 
record and release week by week. But I think I've read recently that they might be making all six episodes available all at once through kind of the, the Sky Go and the Now TV app. I don't know if that means it's also going to be scheduled regularly week by week on a Monday night as well. Um, so mm. we're going to be interested to see what they do because it would have all been on in the States already. So whether they feel like you might as well just throw it all out there. Drop it all. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure, I can't decide where I land on it, whether it is a bingeable show or whether it's something that's week by week because it does have that kind of mystery element where like you're wondering and you can be talking between the episodes what does that mean and what's happened with that character and mm. so i think it does work in terms of a week by week but you've experienced it in a different way you've you've watched the first three episodes in a bit of a binge so i mean I you can tell me whether you think that works um i think i think it does i think there is i think there's definitely credence to it being a, a bit more serialized mm. and episodic um because there's, there's, they keep kind of drip, drip feeding information and drip feeding like um, dark secrets. Everyone's got yeah. a dirty, dirty little secret in the Victorian age, um, and and I think sometimes there's a little bit too much of that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like sometimes I could do without a, a, another little dirty secret or another secret affair or a you know a secret bisexual character or something. Like that. Yeah, you know? we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I do. Th- I do think that's like, oh, look at this. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, trying to keep your attention because again, mm-hmm. we're we're living we're living in a in an age where we are, you know, our attention span is very short. Mine's mm-hmm. already mine was already pretty short before we entered this kind of uh, televisual age, um, so to speak. But I think, yeah, I think there's, I think it could like, I think there's some this this episode especially. I think there was. A stat, an absolutely standout sequence, and I think mm-hmm. they they say that in the behind the scenes section of that episode as well, mm. um, which is I thought was incredible. I just I, uh, you know on a TV budget on mm. you know uh, you know just just fantastic. We'll we'll talk about it in, in mm-hmm. months, but, yeah we'll have to. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely. I think I think it could work. I think if you're looking for something to be episodic, or if you're looking for a bingeable. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure if it works as much like with the, the drip feeding of the secrets. I think that wouldn't feel as 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 much um, yeah. if it was if it was if I was watching it every week once mm-hmm. a week. It, w- it wouldn't feel as bad, but because I'm watching it in such a short, short space of time, it's just like, oh, I've got a dirty little secret. Oh, I've got a dirty. Yeah, little secret. that makes sense. Um, but I, I I enjoy I enjoy the characters. I think I think the world building is quite good. Um, mm-hmm. I think the setting is good. I like what they're trying to say with the setting and with um, with the characters and the and the lifestyles they lead and, mm. and who who they are as people and their abilities and what have you. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I like it. I, I like for the most part. I, I like it. I, I don't think it's perfect. Um, yeah. I think there are some or, or a lot of some or two a lot of flaws. Um, yeah. But I th- I think it's still finding its identity. Mm-hmm. Because, like, like I was saying, they're burning through all these little dirty little secrets. I feel like they're going to get to a point where they run out of those. Sure. Uh, and then they're going to be like, "Oh, we don't, what do we do now? What do we say now? Or do we have to create more dirty little secrets? Do we do we do we actively show stuff as opposed to just going? This happened a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I do think if they're not careful, they might burn out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it might be a good thing because then there's no more of that. And then we won't. I won't have to criticize it. It's um, just about driving forward from there, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and seeing, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually more interested to see what they would do with a second series of this mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. at the moment, just because I've only watched the first three. And I'm, again, I'm not really sure where it's going. I think mm-hmm. I've got some ideas where it might go. Um, but I, I'd be interested to see how they go from this series onto another one where it's kind of, because it feels like it's just almost like a one-off for me. It always yeah. already seems like they're already on the road to resolving the issues and to to close off this story so mm. um again it would be interesting to see what a season two if there is going to be a yeah, season two um which again we can't be sure based on popularity um mm-hmm. or based on involvement of a certain person um mm. but i think we'll just have to wait and see yeah i mean obviously this is episode three so you're the third guest that's been on to talk about the show and interestingly each person seems to kind of echo one another to an extent, you know, it's enjoyable. Certain elements are immersing you in the world and you're enjoying um, certain characters and their, their involvement in this, um, within the sets and this, as you said, the world that they're, they're building with some reservations too about other characters and certain plot lines. And everyone's been saying that similar idea of like, we've got this front six of season one. There's meant to be a back six that's going to come out at, at some later point. I don't even know if they filmed them. And everyone's a little bit unsure whether we're going to get them or not. But I have heard that this front six is almost kind of a, a mini story. There is going to be some sort of resolution to some of the major questions by episode six. And that does make sense because actually each episode, the, my main question has kind of been answered so far. So episode one, how did they get their turn there was a big fish spaceship hmm. episode two uh, what's going to happen with mary well we rescue her by episodes in so they seem to be like ending each episode with like the next big thing and the next big thing then gets answered so that does seem to be the model they're going for so far hmm. yeah i can i can definitely see that i do, i do think a lot of like there's there's a fair bit of the information i think um again the dirty little secret aspect mm. i'm mm. gonna i'm gonna call it um there seems to be a lot of like information that's kind of just thrown at you as well. Mm-hmm. Backstory, um, especially Malady and her backstory with, uh, is it Mrs. Adair? Mrs. Adair? Yeah, Amal- Amalia True, yeah. Amalia True, sorry. Amalia yeah. True. Um, and, and she, and it's like, oh, you made me. And I'm like, well, why, mm. didn't, you fu- why didn't you fucking recognize her the first day you saw her and heard her voice? Or the second time, or even the third time. It was only yeah. when she went, oh, that was me. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I've done, and, and I'm not even really, because I was watching it, but I, obviously I'm, I'm binging it. So I, I'm going to miss a few of the key details. And it really felt like it was like, what? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, during that whole grand stage, you didn't think yeah. for one second, oh, she seems familiar, or I know her. Because <laughs> like, I know she's got mud on her face and scars and all that sort of stuff, but you know, it's, it's still recognize yeah. somebody to to some degree you know yeah um it's it's just you know it's basically it's not necessarily based on your senses sometimes you just mm-hmm. get a sense of a person or like it could be something as the way they hold themselves or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. phys- the physicality you go I, I know that walker i know that you know the way that person moves yeah um, and she, she didn't i know she's jumping in and trying to save everybody and not really thinking but she's like she's face to face with her, looking her into her big orange eyes, 
And she she's is, like, yeah. She's like, oh, I didn't recognise her until you said it. Um, but then there's quite a lot of there's quite a lot of her her backstory that yeah. you no, know, they're talking about the the lady who sheds her skin and mm. you know, and she jumped into the water looking to kill herself. Um, she's married to the doctor. Am I right? No, I think we'll get think, into that in a, in a sec. Yeah. I think they've had an affair. Right, right. I see. Mm. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Again, like dropping those bombs, but not really making them very clear either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're my mistake. And then I'm like, he, obviously his name is not, you know. Um, yeah, true. Not yeah. true. Um, not, not true, quote yeah. marks, but not true. Um, but yeah, because even I watched that, I watched the episode back a little bit, just some uh-huh. key bits that I tried, felt I might have missed. And that bit I was like, I'm not even sure what they're trying to reveal. They're sort of not revealing stuff and, mm. and actually revealing stuff. The, uh, again, with the with the scene, the the great scene at the end of this episode, um, I think that was peppered really well mm-hmm. um, in the mm-hmm. earlier episodes about that particular character, yeah, um, and his and his ability and his mm-hmm. turn, um, yeah. Like that's just like you thought you thought it was a throwaway line, but actually, absolutely, it's it's amazingly relevant to that particular character and mm-hmm. what they what they can do. Um, and I thought I thought that's how you do it. That's yeah. how you do that. Because you know, if if I was if we were paying attention, then we'll we'll go. Of course, yeah, can't get him in a bath. Makes total sense now. He can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not smelly just because he wants to be smelly. You know, um, yeah. Um, but there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's that kind of it feel like throwaway lines, but they seem to be quite important. And I mm-hmm. think if you're not paying attention and you're not listening. And if they're just like, you know, mumbling it, and there's there's a fair bit of like certain characters kind of saying shit under their breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can you can miss that, uh, and I know I I'm still a little confused about some of the characters, some of their backstories, and some of their dirty little secrets. Yeah, um, which I'm you know hopefully will be revealed a bit more. Maybe, maybe we'll get an episode that's all like flashbacks, mm-hmm. which would which would be cool um, to kind of see a bit more of those. Uh, with, you know, dirty little secrets episode, we'll call it. The Marley one's really interesting because when I was talking on episode two last week, I've got my own little theory about that. Mm. I don't think that's Molly, as in what was... So Malady, who was Sarah, calls right. Malia, who was Molly, that name. Due to the, like you said, the line about, like, this isn't my face, and there's been a couple other drop lines that she's put in. I think mm. she's basically the, the Nevers version of, like, a scroll or a life uh-huh. model decoy or there's a line later on we're sort of jumping around but i think that's fine yeah, sure. there's a line later on um no there's a moment later on sorry when horatio the doctor is in the carriage with malady mm-hmm. um and again we're getting that sense that perhaps he is linked to malady's past as well as amalia being to past so i think what what we're led to believe is that amalia and malady were in the asylum together at the same time right and that it looks like Horatio probably was responsible for getting her out. That's what I'm getting from it anyway. And they left Malady behind. And it was the first time really that came to me. I'd already had this idea, like I say, about like perhaps Amalia is not really what was Molly. But it suddenly hit me that there's this link between the two of them and eyes. So like, as you said, Malady's eyes grow, glow orange when her kind of power is manifesting itself, which seems to be like a kind of anger or like demonic possession type power, doesn't it? Yeah. And she saw the ship and she's the only one that can remember seeing the ship. So there's something to do with eyes with her. 
but also Amalia's power is to do with seeing an eye. She has these ripples of the future. And she keeps talking about a mission that she's on. I don't know, there's just something here. I think there's something there to do with the two of them. And I think Amalia knows about the ship. She knows about how the powers were given. She's just keeping all that behind her because potentially she might have been the person or a being involved with that ship. It's pure speculation. It's one of my theories about where the show might go. But it feels like that's why we've got all these links between the two that are going to come to make sense at some yeah. point. When Malady has her blatant face turn, that Malady becomes a member of the orphanage and one of the, the touched. Mm. Could, it could be. could be. I can't wait to find out. I'm completely wrong. But um, that's part of the fun, I think, isn't it? Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm, I'm not sure about Malady. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm fully invested mm -hmm. in her mm -hmm. as, a, as a character or, or a villain. Mm -hmm. um, I actually prefer the other villains of the piece. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit like, I'm going to call it the Flag Smasher Syndrome because sure. I was watching uh, Captain America with Soldier and the lead, the lead villain in it was um, uh, Carly Morgenthau in the comics. Mm -hmm. It's Carl, but uh, they cha changed her into a female character, which is fine. Um, and it, it, you know, it works to a degree, but I found her, she was the physical threat. She was the impending danger. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I actually found the other villains much more interesting, the John Walker, the Baron Zemo, the Power Broker. Those are all more interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think maybe Malady might not make it to the end of this series, because I think she's yeah. just, she's the immediate threat that needs to be mm -hmm. resolved, the physical threat that needs to be resolved and quickly, because it's just chaotic and manic. But mm -hmm. I think we're going to see more kind of villainous stuff from Swan, uh, Masson, yeah. um, Augie potentially as well, um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mrs. Bidlow, um, yeah. the Doctor, and you know all those faceless guys or the guys without mouths. Um, I think we'll see more from them, and we'll see more villainous stuff. But I think, I think by by episode six, whether she's cured joins the orphanage becomes part of it or mm -hmm. uh, you know has that he has that turn or she's dead or imprisoned i mm -hmm. think i think i think at least like you said if you're going to have your mid-season finale i think it is to resolve the malady plot line yeah uh, and then move on to this upcoming war or the exploitation of the turned mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. sorry sorry the uh, touched um the exploitation of the touched um the experiments um whatever that may be but I, I believe that's probably what will happen but again yeah. could be very wrong it's got a lot of twists and turns already so anything could potentially happen um you know we in this in this you know in this episode alone like character dies which mm -hmm. i did, did not think would die because no. they built her up quite well you know explored her character explored her life her relationships um with the other characters with characters we've met previously that are outside mm -hmm. the orphanage um you know you see her enjoying herself questioning herself you know really good episode for her actually and that, and that actress yeah yeah um, but by the end of this episode spoilers she doesn't she doesn't make it out alive potentially i don't know if i don't know if we've seen i've not seen past episode three yet no um, me so, neither so i don't know if maybe you know mr healing hands mm -hmm. yeah exactly has, um, could could potentially heal her, but um, mm -hmm. who knows? And I know the the first two are very Joss Whedon heavy, aren't they? Creatively, yeah. Um, I don't think this one had as much kind of action. It didn't feel mm -hmm. like it had a lot, a lot of action, but it did have a lot of character development, a lot of depth. 
but but again, I'm not 100% sure whether I buy some of it or some of the performances or um, whether I'm that in, in interested in that particular storyline mm-hmm. or that mm-hmm. particular character. Um, but I, I have to say, like, still, still very enjoyable. Like, it, it's it's keeping my interest. Mm-hmm. I think I will. I think I will potentially kind of watch more, uh, yeah. just to kind of just to kind of see where it's going at the very least. And then, you know, if if I lose interest, that might happen. But at the moment, I'm still, I'm still, I'm, in, I'm in, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, in, I'm invested is the word I'm looking for um, to to carry on further. Definitely. Mm. I think what you're saying makes complete sense. There are obviously male touch. There are men who have had a turn, but it does seem to be predominantly women. Um, so it makes sense that moving forward, the villains become patriarchal yeah. men, and particularly Masson. Um, mm. Swan's a character I want to talk to you about later. He's quite problematic mm. for me. Yeah, so I, th- I think that makes total sense. So as you say, whether Malady is killed off or whether, in my prediction, she joins the crew, um, mm. I-, I think you're right. I think the men will become, the powerful yeah. men will become villains long term malady is a sympathetic villain hmm. like she, she's mentally unwell but they are the you know uh, uh, initially like um you know mrs true is is like she's mad she's not she might be touched we don't know but she's insane you know and they're like well it's these women these women mm-hmm. are the problem mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and you see a lot of that and obviously that's very victorian england that's very mm-hmm. buttoned down you know sexuality and you know women's suffrage all that sort of stuff historically which is obviously what they're tapping into without yeah. you know you know actively saying this is this you know um but yeah it, it, i think i think because she's a sympathetic villain that when she dies or her threat has ended, then mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're going to go and it's going to be the government. It's going to be the conservative government who's, yeah. you know, who is already at arms against this uprising and the strengthening of, you know, the, the well, the battle of the sexes really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the kind of, you know, um, the, the balancing of that, um, mm-hmm. of that power structure, like the governmental and, um, the ruling body of England against also the kind of the powers that the touched have, and then yeah. also the sexual the the sexual kind of uprising of um, of of the women within the story. Just to cycle back, so you mentioned about how like you thought this was a strong episode, and mm. I, I agree with you. And I think I think it's the best one of the series so far of the three that we've had. And I think we're well, not here to denigrate, no, but we you know but it is noticeable that it is a Whedon-free episode. It's not written by him, it's written by Kevin Lau. It's not directed by him, it's written by, it's directed by David Semmel. So I think it's really interesting that we're moving away from the really familiar Whedon tropes and perhaps that's where we might see the show starting to find its feet. And obviously if we ever get past episode Mm -hmm. six, where he's not involved anymore. So that's where it really might start to become its, its own thing. And I think the final 25 minutes of this episode we could almost kind of split it in two felt much more streamlined and felt like this is where the show should exist and for me totally made up the last episode last finale like that finale with the yeah uh, batman 66 trap that melody <laughs> set just didn't work for me at all but but this finale this kind of we'll get into it but from mm. amalia and lucy going out to investigate the the flyer sort of from that scene forwards for me 
it was pretty flawless. I think the, the background of the episode. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think um, I think it, it's all it's almost like the actors are also becoming more comfortable in their roles. Definitely, um, they they know what the character is about. They feel mm-hmm. like they go, okay, this is this is this. You know, minus the kind of plot twists and stuff that I'm sure will come up. Um, you know that they may not the the actors may not know about themselves just yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely stronger, and and I I get a better sense of the kind of sisterhood in mm-hmm, this episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, especially again at the right at the end as well. The, that tail end, like you said, uh, there is that kind of coming together of mm. uh, of everybody, um, you know, regardless of their differences, where they're from, you know, and yeah, I, I, there's yeah there's a there's a cohesion I think mm-hmm. with with this episode like, like you said that I don't know it's it, you know it, it's almost like it's almost like the Avengers before Captain America arrives and then Captain America comes in you're like right this is this is the Avengers this is the yeah. Avengers um so I think maybe this is their you know Avengers issue four episode you know Never's episode three this is their like okay because if this is if this is where it's going and it's, if this is a sign of this series to come i'm on board like this is yeah. good stuff. excellent great stuff. all right so let's think about the episode a little bit shall we so i think mm. the first half as we said is quite choppy and i think that's been a problem throughout is that we've got too many moving pieces we've got this character doing that and that doing that and as you said it's not all quite tied together so we open with the attempted recruitment of bonfire annie but that goes badly however i have to i love bonfire annie as a character but i have to disagree with her she says about how, like, I can't stand here and listen to your banter to Penance and uh, Amalia, where, which for me is the absolute heart of the show. Those two together are ma- absolute magic. So um, I don't know if that was being quite playful. We then, I, I don't think there's much to say there really, we then kind of segue, don't we, into mm. Horatio and Amalia. And then between that and the malady stuff, we've kind of covered, I think, really, that um, it felt like Horatio and Amalia were going to be the will they won't they as it turns out they already have and they shouldn't have done but I thought there was a really interesting line where when they're having their kind of debate about her role about like going out and this idea of her being like a killer or a soldier mm. um, was how the discussion went between Amalia and Horatio and it really reminds me of the kind of slayer killer dynamic from Buffy yeah. that idea of like you're doing it for good but really what you're doing is obviously going out and as Dracula calls her in season five, which um, I'm in the midst of doing, watching ready for the next mention of Buffy, you know, he calls her a killer in that. So I found it really interesting. It's another kind of thread coming from a previous weekend show, rearing itself in, in, in this later show. I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, Dracula's not, he's not wrong. Like he's, he's, no? a certain, he's a certain race of people and she happens to murder that certain race of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not going to look good, you know, as, as evil as they supposedly are, as mm-hmm. demonic as they are, you know, you cannot, you could have that perspective, you know, that she's like a genocidal maniac or something. Um, yeah. And the, and the truth, and the, you know, it's true what could be said for this, for this character, you know, like, is, is, is she just going around maybe murdering men? Obviously, it's not as simple as that. No way yeah. it would be, but you could, you could, could argue. But yeah, this, she's obviously had like, like training. You know, she's mm-hmm, had mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, 
combat training. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I do I'll, I'll be honest. I do get a little bit sick of the trope of you know she has this gorgeous you know Victorian dress on, and yeah. then it's and then she's fighting and she has to take it off, and then the next time she's in this gorgeous you know she has to take it off, and then it's again and she has to take it off. Yeah, um, I kind of like just stop wearing those dresses if you're going to get into this situation. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, have 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 you know get get what's her face to invent you a, a dress that you can just jump out of or something. Mm, you know, nice, yeah. Um, Maybe and maybe that's where maybe that's where it's heading. But um, yeah, it just seems to like she's always like tearing it off, pulling it off. I was just like, okay, she's going to be in a fight. It's going to take off the clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was the little line at the end, wasn't there? About you know, do you just not like dresses? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think yeah. the um, I don't know about you. I thought the most interesting part of this kind of opening twenty minutes, and we're skipping through it quite a lot because I don't think yeah. too much happens really in that opening twenty minutes. It's where dwelling on for too long was like Mary standing up to Amalia, I thought was a really interesting scene. I thought it was a good moment for the actress playing Mary. Um, I thought she did a really good job in that scene. And I also thought it was interesting seeing somebody standing up to Amalia in that way and holding the road in a verbal kind of spa, which not many other people have been able to do, including Masson really so far. They had a quite a good tete-a-tete -tete in the first episode. Mm. But yes, yeah, so I thought I thought it was a good moment for, for the actress, yeah, Eleanor Tomlinson. And I also thought that, um, yeah, it was really interesting seeing somebody kind of take Amalia on and, and Amalia backing down a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 th I think that she just, I think she got, she got a right where it kind of hurts and just goes, mm. yeah, me, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know you. I've just, I've literally just turned up. You've saved my life. I'm grateful, but you know, am I putting, potentially putting more people in danger, more people in harm's way? Um, am I potentially getting more people killed? You know, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just a girl who works in the theatre. You know, I'm, I'm not a soldier. I'm not a warrior. And, and I, like, I like that you were talking about the, the killer uh, soldier thing where he's mm -hmm. like, you know, she's, she's, you know, Mrs. True is like, well, she's going to have to become a soldier. We all mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, that's a horrible thing to wish on someone. Um, and she's like, well, there's, you know, there's a war coming. Um, yeah, they say that in every show. That's a war coming. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, but yeah, like because basically her power is that she has this song that the mm. other um, touch can hear, and um, and they are hoping to amass more of them mm -hmm. together um, in order to protect them. It's but she's basically Cerebro, isn't she? It's very much yeah. a, an X Men Absolutely. show. It's very much like when I when I started watching it, and I was like. And I saw the girl, the girl who is uh, Primrose, who's the giant. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's X Men. It's X -Men. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, Joss Whedon is very much like you know, Buffy Summers. You know, and you know, yeah. He's a huge, huge Kitty Pride. Like wrote X Men for a while. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's well invested in that kind of storytelling, that kind of action, those kind of characters, especially, you know, female characters. Mm -hmm. But yeah, again, we won't talk about him <laughs> at the moment and 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 female real people. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely in the genetics of this show. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like that. And I, I like that because like, like in X-Men, to use X-Men example, like Xavier is not the nicest guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he's... He's not. He's done a lot of dodgy stuff, you know. Um, even fell in love with Jean Grey when she was a teenager, uh, among lots of other dodgy things. But um, you know, I, I like. I like that 
she's trying to do the, like Mrs. True is trying to do the best she can and do a yeah. good thing and uses her abilities. Like she's not a great person. She's a, a fighter, fighter, a drinker. F- fucker, drinker, you know, all yeah. those, all, all those things that nobody's, no, you, nobody likes in men and nobody likes in women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she's trying to be better. And I like the stuff, like, I like the line where she's like, you know, I have this mission. I didn't want it, but I was, mm. I was given it. And like you mentioned before, and I was like, like that's interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know what that quite means, but I'd like to see where that where that goes. I I think that scene is very strong. Like you said, mm. just totally agree. Um, and it's two characters standing in a room talking, which in this instance was about good writing and good acting. Ex- yeah, and it, and it grabs you. Like I was mm-hmm. I was well, like there's a lot of other scenes in the in this episode where I, again I I didn't really pay that much attention. Um, I wasn't really invested, but that one was mm-hmm. really, really grabbed me because it was, again, it was a, a battle of kind of um, morals and kind of, mm. you know, and it's going, you know, it's, it, they're both challenging each other um, because, you know, you know, Mrs. You know, Mrs. Bidfellow, uh, uh, Bidfellow, Bidfellow? No. Bid, Lavinia. Lavinia. Bidlow, yeah. I think, isn't it? Bidlow. 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 I, I mispronounce it every time I try and say it. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like you know, there's people out there that are exploiting them, and arguably, yeah. Miss, Mrs. True is exploiting their abilities as well. Yeah. Um, so is she just as bad? You mm-hmm. know, she's she's potentially putting more people in harm, put, putting more people. You know, if they put them all in this one, like you saw, how the police stormed in in the previous episode. What's to stop that from happening again? What's to, to stop the army from going in and 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 deaths from occurring? You know, mm-hmm. again, it's it's like it's like X Men Two, where all the army go into the mm-hmm. mansions. Mm-hmm. Nothing stopping that apart from from them, and they're not all like fighters, like I said, not all warriors. No, um, you know, some people just like again go back to X Men. I love X Men that have really crap powers. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Myrtle, I think it is in this who speaks right, yeah, a gobbledygook of loads of different languages. You know, not potentially that good a gift at the moment, but there might mm-hmm. be a moment where she absolutely excels and shines in that. Yeah, world. sure small category um, keeps appearing bit. in the background so she's got something coming isn't she yeah i want to i'd like to talk about the police officer and his monday yeah yeah and his revelation in this episode that yes go for it he, so again it's kind of like he's he's you, you think he's the typical kind of cockney geezer um yeah. kind of copper hard nose you know non no nonsense um you know looking for malady but in this, we find out that he's been previously involved with Swan. Mm-hmm. He's putting the um, uh, the club together, the sex club. Ferryman's club, yeah. I was going to call it the layman's club, and I went, that's not it. That's <laughs> not it. Um, but yeah, the, so the ferryman's club and and is involved in Orgy in that and and funding it mm-hmm. uh, and, and exploiting the, the touched because obviously they're a unique commodity in that mm-hmm. business. And obviously, you know, it's, it's exotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why it's driving the patronage there and the customers there. Um, but yeah, I f- felt like this was one of those dirty little secrets that we didn't really need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've got no issue with having bisexual or gay characters, but I felt this was just kind of shoehorned in there a little bit. Um, kind of comes out the blue. It's like, oh, I was drunk. I was drunk. Yeah. You know, and, and all this. And then you find out that, you know, he was, you know, he was going to get married um, mm-hmm. and she left him at the altar because she knew he's he's a gay man underneath or a bisexual mm-hmm. man at the very least. 
Um, and I, I just, yeah, I just didn't really get the point of it. I don't know no. if it's going to, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a little bit of extra titillation. Um, like, again, there's nothing wrong with having closeted gay characters, closeted bisexual characters, but it mm -hmm. just didn't seem necessary to me. Um, no, I completely agree. I don't think it adds anything. And my, my note literally said, what does that add? It, yeah. it doesn't add anything to his character, really. Um, it, it just gives an explanation for why him and Mary aren't together. That's all it does. Yeah. And again, there could have been any reason she left. Like, yeah. It could be a multitude of reasons. We might not even know the reason she left. And, and you know, and, and she's very nice. She's very supportive to, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. him and his, you know, and his self-hatred. Um, yeah. Which, which is nice to see. It's good to see. But yeah, I just, I just didn't see the point. I just went, I just, I just feel like it's, it's just extra faff. That's, yeah, that's, agreed. That's needed. Um, I think they're trying to draw more links together between him and Swan as well, aren't they? And at the moment, this is my biggest problem with the show, is that the, all the ferryman stuff, everything to do with Swan, just isn't working. I'm not interested anytime you go there. I don't understand what it's adding to what the show's trying to do. Um, I've spoken on both episodes and I'm going to do it again here. I'm just going to beat. Yeah, do it. We, we're continually getting like female nudity. We're getting breasts being shown. We've had a couple of bit of like tush from men, but in a show about celebrating women's power and them taking kind of ownership of themselves and their lives and their place in society to keep showing us boobs mm. feels like a, a poor decision and to or you balance it out we have men in this yeah. club show us more than a man's butt show us some cock absolutely it's a weird decision I, yeah i agree i agree so yeah none of the ferryman's club stuff is working at all at the moment also, like I don't mind, I don't mind nudity necessarily, mm -hmm. but like it does feel like it's trying to capture that Game of Thrones vibe. Hundred percent. We're on HBO. Um, we must have some swearing and some boobs. Yeah, definitely. This, this is you know, we're we're here. We we're allowed to do these things. Let's yeah. do them. I, and I, I get that. You know, I I like my exploitation as much as mm -hmm, anybody mm -hmm. else. But I'm not sure if this is the show for it. Um, again, like you said, the empowerment. Like, fair enough if if there was nudity, but it's it's not just it's not like oh, I'm just I'm just taking off my clothes and putting quickly putting on a shirt, and I mm -hmm. see some nipple or something. It's it's always sexualized. Like yeah. there was even a, there was even a shot where, where there's even a shot where Mrs. True has been healed at the start of this episode, mm -hmm. and it and it very longingly looks at her cleavage. Mm -hmm. until and very slowly going up to her face and i was like that seems really gratuitous to me mm. like in a scene where you could just be like she's being healed you don't you know far far you pull the camera back you don't need to be that close because that's all they do they do that go up to the face show her face and then pull away and they're doing all the magic healing yeah. and stuff i was like it's it's, un it's unnecessary um like you said it's an empowerment it's about you know you know, the subtext is Victorian era England, mm -hmm. button down sex, women's suffrage, you know, um, the underclass, you know, the industrial age, you've got all this shit going on. Mm. But this just seems to me like, and you could focus on that, and I'm sure there will be episodes where they do. But I, I, again, I'm, I'm not adverse to nudity, but I think it has to be the right type of nudity. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, yeah. and like you're saying, I think the, the, the ferryman's club is currently just, it doesn't serve a role other than titillation. No. Currently, I know Augie's sort of involved, and obviously he's 
um, his sister's involved with, you know, something that's kind of the opposite of that, but not really. Yeah. I, I, I did think, because, um, you know, um, she was in, she's in the wheelchair. I did think yes. for a while that her, uh, that she had a turn and I thought she was yeah. going to be like a, like a mermaid or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, because they constantly cover her legs up. I was like, mm. I was like, maybe, maybe she's like a mermaid, or maybe it's something to do with her legs. Because um, it's not, again, like we don't know every single character is, you know, is no, touched or not. So yeah. there could be revelations later on down the line. Like Swan could be like, you know, and again, they don't necessarily know that they're touched mm -hmm, either. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it's not like oh. I feel different now and I can do this. I know exactly what I can do. They have yeah. to kind of find it or discover it. And, and some of them are weird. Like I said, shit X-Men powers. Um, yeah. Like the, the guy that bleeds bullets, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's, that's a weird power, but, you know, works for him. Gets, gives him a chain gun arm, which, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you. I think given the feminist angle of the show and yeah. what they're trying to say, uh, which I think is a great message. It's an amazing message always will be it's yeah i don't know like again there, there's there's a feminist ideal that you know there's there's something feminist in them showing their breasts or mm -hmm, all them mm -hmm. revealing that but you yeah know, the nudist female nudity there's you know it's not yeah. necessarily it's not necessarily oh it's not feminist because you've got your boobs out or anything yeah yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that but yeah i think the way it's angled and i think yeah. this is i th i think this is purely hbo saying you do this yeah, you yeah. Make sure you make these are our requirements for this show. We don't care the show you make, make it good, but these are the requirements. Nudity, yeah. swearing. They're all women that Swan's having sex with, or has just yeah. had sex with, or is about to have yeah. sex with. So as you said, it's all it's all in a in an arena where he is controlling their bodies, which is problematic. Hmm. And I think given the person involved with this program, yes. um yes. that's even that's potentially even more problematic. It is, yeah. Um so yeah, it, it's it's a it's a difficult one. It's it's you know it's it's not something we'll yeah. I I imagine it's something the show's producers are probably talking about right mm -hmm. now. I think if, given the situation. Yeah, another thing that may well die out as the show finds its own identity too. I think as it as it largely did in Game of Thrones, to be fair as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that started off, and that obviously that grabbed people's attention because it was like very sexual and very heavy on the nudity. Um, and like you said, you don't necessarily need it a lot mm -hmm, of the time mm -hmm. um, with, with certain stories you're telling. But um, I can get, you know, it'll get the teenage boys watching. So if, that's the, audi if that's the audience they're after, then they've got them. Yeah, um, yeah. And if they're learning something along the way, I suppose, about the importance of, uh, as you yeah. said, female empowerment and, and identity. Yeah. And yeah. But, yeah, then, yeah. But, but then there's going to be some teenage boys that learn the exact opposite because of the mixed messages, potentially. Yeah, isn't there always, sadly? Yeah. Um, a scene that I thought worked quite well in this opening section, and I think we're kind of there on the opening section, and we're going to then just move on and talk about all the brilliant stuff, mm. um, was a bit more of Massa. And I think he's brilliant in all his scenes. His kind of Luddite nature, as you mentioned earlier on, his like conservative, uh, you know, with a big C, as well as a little C, um, <laughs> kind of outlook. But we've got this mystery with his daughter, because we see her grave in this episode. Mm. But she is definitely not dead, is she? She is oh. the thing behind the door in the basement. Because we had that um, line, I think, in the pilot in the theatre when he said, like, not everybody's powers are so yeah. lucky. Um, I thought that was a really well-handled scene. It reminded me of um, Sloth and the Goonies. 
yeah. and Mikey goes down to use the toilet and then yeah. Sloth's chained up. But I thought it was really effectively directed, that scene. Yeah, I, lo- I love the telephone, because it's a telephone man, isn't he, going down to mm. some ca- cable. But I like, yeah, I like the slow kind of walking down the dark corridor. It's very like, it's yeah. like a ghost story or something. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and again, the you know, there's there's a lot of those kind of stories around that sort of era of, you know, you know, the, their shame, you know, the public shame, um, be it either, you know, having a daughter that might be, you know, physically deformed or, you know, yeah. mentally, you know, you've got to remember all these, all these women that used to be sent away just because they were mm-hmm. problematic, you know, to asylums and things like that and houses in the country, like when they would fall pregnant or something like that, you know, there's all yeah. these kind of terrible, true historical stories that this mm. is, you know, it's, it's, it's going, this kind of stuff actually did happen. Not mm. as fantastic, fantastical, but it did, it did occur. Um, yeah. But I, I like, yeah, I like that we don't see, but we hear kind mm-hmm. of the shuffling. We don't hear a noise either. So, you know, our, our imagination is doing the rest of the work. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And it's kind of terrifying and kind of, you know, uh, scary. Um, it, re- it reminds me a bit of like when we, when I did the, um, when I watched The Changeling with Dennis sure. on, our, on my podcast, because that's all about a disabled boy that's kind of mm, that's, mm. That's hid- hidden away. And that's mm. kind of the, the ghost story kind of comes from that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was excellent, excellent bit of, of scene. And Masson is great. Yeah, I, I'm loving Masson as a character. Um, you know, he is, he's, you know, he's that right wing conservative bastard that everyone hates. Um, and, you know, and, and scarily has a lot of power and a lot of clout yeah. um, in his circle and, you know, and not much patience or understanding. Um, and, and you can see that. And again, like you said, with that dialogue in the theatre, you're like, you know, this is great. You know, just mm. seeing those two characters kind of go at it verbally and and ideologically as well. Um, Absolutely, it's fantastic. So yeah, um, but I can't wait to see more of more of his stuff. And he's, I'd like to see him. I, I'm I'm hoping he gets a little bit more kind of hands on, a bit more involved, and a bit more because mm. um, I'm like I'm liking what I get from it. I, I, I'm liking his dark secrets. I'm liking that yeah. sort of aspect of his character and I think that that dark secret is adding a lot to him and a mm. lot to his story and a lot to um you know the story far far down the line I'm sure um where you know Officer Monday just pointless it's just yeah 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 just a pointless add-on which is which not- is a shame because I love Ben Chaplin and something else he's- I'm making sure I mentioned in every podcast yeah in he's- every episode he is he is great he- he's, like- he's awesome as an actor and oh yeah it's uh, I-, I think he's fantastic I just think you know this this last step this last this thing yeah because i i didn't mind him before this i didn't mind mm. his arc i didn't mind the investigator i was like you know i, I love that bit i love that bit where he finds the uh the angle of death um yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah i was like that's an excellent scene he's fantastic in it um and i was like i like this um again it's just this just this little mm. unnecessary bit of fluff um, yeah which is not driving the, like I said, not driving the plot, not driving the characters. It's just, oh, these people know each other, but they could have known each other in any form. It yeah. could be, you know, it could be like bribing him or something, or, you know, something for something else. I don't know, something. Yeah. But, you know, or they just know each other through circles or, the, well, I mean, they met at the theatre anyway, but you know what I mean? There's, there's I a million ways they could link those characters, but they chose to go with with that one for, for whatever reason. Yeah. All right, so then I think we're into the back half of the episode, aren't we? Where, for me, like I say, this is the strongest section of the series so far. Um, they discover the 
flyer for the uh, wrong address for some of the touch they're going to. And then Amalia takes Lucy with her. And I love the little line um, where Lucy's like, something like, um, oh, we haven't been out on a, on like a, a proper ladies out adventure for a while. Um, so Lucy's well up for a bit of a brawl, clearly. She wants to go and get stuck in. Um, and they find this address, don't they? And they discover the cyborg henchman zombie zomborg thing that Amalia fights and takes out um and I, I think Lucy as a character has really grown and she had a couple of really good scenes this this episode yeah. as well all really good yeah because her power is kind of like her turn is basically kind of like a vibrational thing isn't it seems it doesn't it yeah, yeah kind of like a shockwave type thing mm. from from what they describe very later much later on but well, not that mm. much later on but a few scenes um it, it kind of sounds sounds like that. That's kind of the ability she has, and and her effect on the doorknob kind of seems. Yeah, um, she like exploded a vase in episode two, didn't she? When she was showing off her powers at the party. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm 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 interested to see kind of like when they start running out of ideas for powers. Yeah. Like at the end, they're like, oh, that, that person could just blink really fast. Um, sure. that's their yeah, turn. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they can blink in Morse code or something really quick. Um, who knows? But yeah, it was very buffy that moment where they, br- where they break in. It was very buffy, but but again, it's not it's not an extended it's not an extended fight. Yeah. Which I think part of me was like, oh, I wanted a little bit more of that, and then part of me was like, oh, no, that was probably enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then later on, you know, all my action worries get thrown under the carpet. I can't complain yeah. now. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, mm, there's not much action in this episode. Um, did we did we talk about? Um, are we are we talking about Nick Frost or have we is that kind of we can do we sort of breeze past him because I don't really have a lot to say but please please delve in I'm not buying him as a villain I just can't can't get like I love Nick Frost don't get me wrong I think he's a great actor he's a tremendous actor he's a nice guy like a genuine guy um but yeah and, and and again that scene where he's like you know spread your fingers or oh you've got my mark and all that other mm-hmm. stuff I was just like nah nah put it you could cut that out and it wouldn't be missed. Yeah, it falls into the same category as um, Orgy and Swan did in the pilot for me, where it was all just a bit caricature. It was all very surface. There was nothing going on. So like, he just feels like a, like a almost a pantomime character at the moment. I think. Yeah, I, I get a little bit of that from Orgy as well. Mm. A little bit like, oh, 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 oh rather, yeah. Yeah, yes, that kind of Hugh Grant-esque. Um, like, oh, 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 well, I'm, I'm ter- terribly sorry, that type of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not immediate. I, he's he's not very likable. Swan is clearly not likable at mm, all. Mm. He's a slimy bastard. Um, but I, I, I kind of can't separate my. I like Nick Frost so much. I can't kind of separate yeah. it for him playing this, this Cockney geezer or slasher, slasher wrist open and stuff. Yeah, not not for me. Any anyway, we'll go go back to move swiftly on back to the. Yeah. <laughs> No, but when, where there is some excellent acting is in the interrogation of the of the character they call Handsome, but for some reason I'm not sure why. But the the woman who was running the the boarding house where they were tricking the touch to come, that scene is really powerful. Where she tells her tragic story, and we come to Lucy's own similar tragic story too. What did you think of that scene? I loved it. I thought it was so handled so so well because I, mm. I quite I quite like the. I can't remember the character who plays the prostitute who just makes people like speak garbage, like just reveals all their truths. 
Um, oh yeah, uh, Des Desiree is the character. Desiree, yeah. that was it. That's right. Um, I think I think her I think her power is genius. I love how they introduce that because they slowly the characters kind of realise they're giving up all the information they have, yeah. and then they, she kind of just goes, "Yeah, that's my gift. That's my touch." Uh, my turn and yeah and but but like and, and in the previous episode it was played for laughs for yes. the most part you know it's like you know apart from when Mundy points a gun at her it's like what's she do what's she doing to me um but still it was kind of played for laughs but this mm -hmm. is like this is like a heartbreaking truth mm -hmm. that, that comes flowing out of this woman and like and again like she feels like you can hear the like the justification mm -hmm. in her voice for what she's done Mm. Um, you know she's different she's you know she's she's doing this she's doing this you're not supposed to do that god didn't do that didn't give you that ability it's it's yeah it's she called her like a reverse jesus didn't she yeah that's it and and, and again that's much like with myrtle's case people are like mm. oh, satan satan mm. you know it's like religious kind of imagery and and, and things but yeah and, and to have all the all the girls and all the women um, yeah. from the orphanage stood there with their own story and um you know, it's like um, uh, I can't remember the who's the girl who can what's the girl who can freeze freeze stuff? She throws the bubble. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember her character's name. No, I can't either. No. That's fine. That's fine. But um, but she she's the one in the car in the first episode says we should get married in this. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. She freezes the bubble at the party they go to in episode two. Um, yeah, and in and in this like, and she's you know. People are like, oh, they'll they'll be after us. They'll be they'll be hunting for us. And she's like, well, you know, even before this, they were. I was always treated differently. I was always treated worse than yeah. the rest of you. So you, you'll never understand that. But now we're kind of in the same boat, and and it's kind of, and the tragic the tragic kind of stories that that come out of mm. of of the turns and and of and of this and and it, and and um um. Oh, God, I'm, I'm terrible at these characters' names. <laughs> yeah, I just, I binged it. I binged it. So I'm like, the red-haired one. Oh, that's Mary. 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 That's the, the one. singer, Mary. Mary, yeah. Mary, sorry. Um, what am I like? Um, so, yeah, I love that she, again, she she's, at this point in her story, she's like, I'm not really on board. I don't yeah. want to sing. I don't want to do this. But after this moment, you know, and... Um, I've got her name here, uh, Lucy. She goes yeah. to touch her with her vib vibration hands to probably, you know, destroy her. Yeah, absolutely. Her, yeah, you know, um, and she stops her, you know, mm. and she could have been hurt. And it's lucky that she wasn't touched because who knows what could have happened. Um, but she, after this situation, after the revelation of this woman who drowned her own daughter because she was mm. different, um, because and she. You know, it it was again. It wasn't really that bad a gift. Like it wasn't like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She could she could turn stuff into into water, like any mm. liquid into water, which is kind of kind of a really quite a good gift. Yeah, uh, absolutely. For for people that are like you know people who are you know there's droughts and stuff. You know. Yeah. Great, what a great power. Um, but she's you know she's adamant. She's justified in what she believes, and it just comes streaming out of this kind of almost this this horrific rhetoric of what she believes and and what the you know and that she's right in her mind she's absolutely right there's nothing mm, wrong mm, with that and mm. and and the rest of the people there the rest of the women there deserve the same um and no wonder lucy reacts like she does no absolutely wonder. yeah because again she is she is touched as well she has a turn 
but also she's we learn that she's lost her child because her turn destroyed her child. Uh, yeah, she, it manifested itself, didn't it? When she picked, picked her baby up, yeah. She picked her baby up and, and shattered all the, I think they say shattered all the bones in the baby's mm. body. Um, what horrific, horrific moment that must have been for, for any, you know, for, for any parent to lose a child is, is mm. horrific anyway. Probably the worst tragedy you can think of, but to, to lose it in such a way is even, it's even more horrific. And yeah, you know, and she's found this new family and she has these, these orphanages, you know, these women are her children, especially the young Absolutely, ones. Absolutely, yeah. And, and she's a guiding light for them. And, you know, and she, she looked after penance when she was upset at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's, she's, she is the mother of this. And I think that's established quite early on as well. She's a mothering yeah. figure within this orphanage because um, Mrs. True is not a mothering figure and, and the no. rest are probably too young to be that kind of matriarchal character. Um, yeah, but she, fantastic. Fantastic acting from all of all of the mm. people in that scene. So so strong, so beautiful. Um, and again, it's a it's, it's a it's a cohesion of that group. Um, and Mary is like, right, I know what we have to do. We do like because this because Benning goes right. We're not going to the park. We're not going to do this today. And yeah, goes, no, yeah. No, no, we have to. I'm on board. I'm ready. Let's go. We need we need these people together in order to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is a, a lovely a lovely thing. Um, and that's and that moves us on. Um, and... It does, yeah. So I just thought um, that that backstory for Elise is is a real X Men, isn't it? That realization of power coming with tragedy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Lots of X Men, their powers manifest in a way that affects others around them negatively, doesn't it? Yeah, like a lot of the time. Um, like Rogue's a good example. Yeah, because, yeah. Because when her when her gift manifests, she's kissing. She's having her first kiss. That's you know, right. Yeah, and it's, it's usually and it's usually um, it's usually a moment of like intense emotion or mm. or something like that. Um, sometimes it can be at birth. You know, it can mm-hmm. be a physical mm-hmm. thing. Um, but a lot of the time, it tends to be you know something goes wrong with their hurt or they're injured or mm. you know they're being attacked uh, and then it'll it'll manifest. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Rogue's a good example. And again, it's it's very much a touch based power as well. Um, yeah, which makes sense, Felicity, so, because it was that moment you pouring her love out for her child and unfortunately this horrible event happened to her yeah it's so tragic awful awful but um but that that again made me give more of a shit about these characters that, yeah like, that, that like, as a collective that made me give a real like i was like you know what fucking hell they've been through they've been through the fucking ringer all of them in one yeah. way or another and they all um, know each other's stories and they're all looking out for each other and they know the moments and they have to be there for each other. Absolutely, yeah. It's a really good moment. And, and, even, and even before this, they've been through the ringer, even before they were turned. So now they're yeah. extra, extra rings in that ringer. Yeah. Um, extra rungs, whatever you call it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's a real... I think, by, I think by the end of this episode, it's kind of like, this is the orphanage, this is established, this is yeah. our people. This is our, you know, this is our Jerusalem. This is our, this is our, yeah. this is our place. Because um, there is one more tragic event, isn't there? But before we get there, we have to talk yes. about the absolute highlight of the episode, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Odium's attack on Amalia. Oh, so, so, so good. Um, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't remember where she's, is she riding back from somewhere? She's coming she back from seeing Lavinia, yeah, and discussing the... That's right, that's right. The folder um, she found with all the people that have been taken. That's that's it. Yeah, I totally forgot. Um, but yeah, she's on. She's got the robot uh, horseman. Um, yeah. She's in the carriage, and then she is all of a sudden knocked out of the carriage on this bridge, 
off this bridge into the lake below. Mm. Uh, and and she's kind of, she's a bit like, you know, thrown um, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And she, she rises to the surface because I think she has a little flashback to when she falls into the water in the first episode. I, yeah, because the first time I watched it, I, I went back and watched this, this last segment again before we came on tonight. The first time I watched it, I wasn't sure whether she was having a ripple or not. In the way that she was just suddenly thrown from the carriage, and I think it was meant to be for a moment, as you said, like almost like a callback. It's meant to be a little bit confusing. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely see. I definitely saw that. I was like, okay, she's again, she's in the water, mm. you know, and she's doing the same. It's almost, yeah. it's literally like shot for shot, the yeah. same shots swimming out, coming to the surface, uh, and then we see big old odium stomping mm. around the corner. And you're like, and you're like, oh, okay. He's just gonna wade in, and then he doesn't. He don't wade in. He, he does not. He sloshes on top of the water, um, and and it. I, I like it as well that it's not just like, oh, it's like a glass panel that he's just yeah. stepping on, like a solid. Like he goes into the water like a few inches, so you see like the sloshing. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's like him walking into a puddle effectively, yeah, as, as, yeah. Opposed, as opposed to a deep lake. Um, and I love that effect. Um, the behind-the-scenes stuff on this episode as well. Um, if anybody gets to view it or if they can find it, it's absolutely amazing. And they talk about putting it together, the way they filmed mm. it, um, and you see a lot of the shots, a lot of the stunt work. Uh, and and, and you know what they're saying? This is the stand, one of the standout moments of the series. And I couldn't agree more with them. I, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's not like them patting themselves on the back. I was like, no, you're you're right because it's it's excellent and it's yeah yeah. I, so I was well shot. cartoon mouth open, like, what, oh, what? I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. And it, it was so, everything about it was brilliant. The timing, the way that the music swelled at the moment as he starts stomping onto the water and you almost have a like, kind of like a, like a vibration sound each time he's mm. stomping. Yeah, it was brilliantly done, I thought. Yeah, I love, and I love her trying to figure out how, because all he does is literally just like like she comes to the surface, just stands on her head. That's what yeah. he's doing. Like that, and that's probably how he kills most of them. Just like yeah, kills most yeah, of them. Just yeah. like, chucks him in the lake and just stands on them. I mean, he could. I mean, the size of him, he could just tear you apart anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he gets that bit, and then you know she's trying to come to the surface. She, yeah, she has a bit of success. And then she's trying to figure out, and then she's he's like she goes deeper, so she gets lost, uh, and he can't see her quite well. And then he gets big this big hook and chain out and starts yeah. like tearing through the water with it, absolutely just tearing through it, like choom, 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 spinning it around. Um, just just fantastic. So well choreographed. Yeah. Um, so well shot. Like special effects as well. Uh, seamless. Like yeah. I did yeah. not, for a, like for a TV budget, I did not notice any holes uh, yeah. or any but there was not a moment I didn't believe this. Mm. Like I was fully Agreed. invested. Um, I was like, oh my god, this is oh god, how she and how's she gonna get out of this? How yeah. does she beat this guy? There was genuine tension. I mean, we know she is going to eventually, but yeah, but it did it, it had me, it had me. Yeah, well, I, I I couldn't figure out how she was gonna escape. So I was in there in it with her, absolutely. Oh, so so good. Um just yeah, just stand out, fantastic. Best my favorite moment of this show so far. Definitely. Obviously. Genuinely inventive as well. I mean, we've all the way through this and, and the other episodes, we've been talking about things where you can you can see where the inspirations come from. But this is the first moment where it feels like this is something this show has invented and come up with. And originality, yeah, absolutely, yeah, originality. Um, and it's it's 
such a unique idea and such a, a unique spin on like a fight sequence, you know. Yes. Um, you know, and it's something I've never seen before in in anything TV, no. uh, film or otherwise. Uh, and again, it's just such a simple idea, but but like used and spun in the most effective way possible. Yeah. Um, just 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 excellent. It's in terms of the layers, isn't it? Because as you said, she's starting off underneath and she's at risk. And then once she gets the upper hand in the fight, she's underneath again, but now she's got the power. It's so well done. And of course, then we've got that kind of met metaphor and subtext going on as well about a big, powerful man above her. She's below him, but yet she's still defeating him. So um, yeah, it works on multitude of levels. I thought it was a, a, a truly um, jaw-dropping sequence that the likes of which I haven't actually seen in, in anything for quite a while. Hmm. I, I agree. I t totally agree. It's... it's so unique and so, like you said so layered you know mm. um what, what's what's the saying uh with every with every every strong man behind them is a is an even stronger woman or something absolutely yeah that is, that is very much the case here um yeah you know because she does win out in the end um she does i hope and, it's not the end of odium though i hope um he's unconscious rather than he's finished i hope he comes back then what what happens if he's like in a, in a boat and that is sinking but he's inside the boat and mm, the water's coming in does does he does he shoot out the top of the boat or does, yeah. does the boat rise? Does is he is he can he make a ship unsinkable? Um, mm. it's, it's interesting. I, I quite like I, I, as um, as much as I like kind of superpowers and stuff. I also like kind of questioning you know how they yeah. work and yeah. and the re real world kind of physics of that um, and what that would what would that would be. But just just excellent. Like this this is a t TV television at its absolute best agree they get us on a real high with this amazing sequence and they take us into the into the, the final kind of five minutes where mary finds her voice she sings using the amplifier or the brightener as penance calls it which is a, a lovely little moment for penance and then the bastards absolutely rip our heart out again by annihilating mary um, courtesy of machine gun man twist I did not see coming at all and was genuinely affecting because they've done a, such a good job of building Mary up and I think you said this as well building Mary up as a character throughout the episode standing up to Malia genuinely questioning what's going on in the orphanage and for the best hearing these stories and bonding with these women and that gives her her voice like this connection to these other women gives her her voice again another kind of symbolic metaphorical moment which is really well done and then they do this to her uh yeah really powerful again yeah i again i i know uh mundy's there and he's kind of like she, he shoots the guy dead um yeah and again i think i think that's i think that's effective mm -hmm. because of, of their relationship but again yeah. i, I it's kind of I, i'm not even is it like a is it is there a language she's she's singing or is it kind of just so again I'm guessing that it's the alien dimensional beings language of the people from the, the ship. But what do I know? Yeah. And that's good. That's good guess. That's good. Uh, that's good um, guesswork. I think it could be right. It could be right. Um, it, it, what's it? I think it reminds me a little bit of Donnie Darko. Do you remember when the, yeah. the little kind of tubes come out of them? I haven't seen it in years, but, um, and it's kind of like connecting people and linking them all together. Mm, mm. Um, I thought it was really effective, but it, I, I yeah, I totally agree. They've they've done so much with her in this one episode. Like she's only mm. been in it like three episodes. Like just like the other characters, you know, 
for the most part. They just, she's still, and, and half, half of the other characters haven't been through half as much development no. as, as Mary has. But again, it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't no. feel like, oh, oh, we've got to do all this. I, I always feel like, you know, like when characters go, oh, oh, I'm so happy right now. Let's have children. Let's get married. And I'm like, well, you're yeah. dead. You're yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if it's the beginning of the film, I'm like, you're, you're dying or you're yeah. dead. The soldier going off to war. I can't wait to get home and see my wife and my newborn son. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You're I not got coming three, I got three days before I'm retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where you're like, get shot to shit. It's, it's that whole thing. So I was yeah. kind of, I, I, there was none of that. There was none no. of that kind of telegraphing, which I was glad of. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was all this kind of, you know, will she, won't she? Is she going to become one of them? Will she sing? Will she not sing? Does she still question what's going on? Will she become friends with, with the people in the orphanage? Will she bond with them? Will she challenge them? Um, yeah. And that all happens in the space of this episode, which is kind of, um, I think you, you've called it before, like the, the kind of equity of storytelling, using the time you have within an episode yeah. to, do, to, to achieve a goal or achieve what you're trying to say. Um, and I think this episode does it masterfully without you even mm-hmm. knowing. Like mm-hmm. if, You only really know it at the end. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit, she's been through so much. And now she's gone. Um, or, or is she? We don't know. But Yeah, we I'm, don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, from the very, very final scene where we, we see Bonfire Annie, who, uh, yeah. who was at the, the beginning of the episode, uh, burning opium and getting everybody high. Um, <laughs> and when they come back, that, like this says to me that she's definitely dead because they don't really yeah. show her again, but they show them back at the orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bonfire Annie is there and like, oh, she's come to join. But then actually she lights up the night and shows that, everybody that heard the song has come to the orphanage. Yeah, um, lovely within, moment. Within, that, uh, within the area that could, the song could be heard in, mm-hmm. um, they've, all, they've all come there. Um, so they better, they better build an extension because there's not enough room, clearly. No, absolutely. No, I'm with you. I think for this moment to have any, any weight, she needs to be dead, which is a shame because the character was interesting. Her power was interesting in what it meant for the show. And the performance of the actress was really strong in this episode. I thought she really shone. I think she'll go on to, uh, not I don't know, necessarily greater things or better things, mm. but she will, she will she will no doubt get work. Um, and I think she's in a new show called Intergalactic or something that's coming on on Sky Ready. So it looks like she already had her next job lined up anyway. Yeah, well, maybe that's maybe that's why they pulled the bull, oh, pulled quite. the trigger. Yeah. Like, By the way, I've got another job. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's maybe that's why, or maybe they they said we really like you, we want you for a role. Oh, but I can't. I can only film yeah. for three three episodes, and they go, yeah. "Don't worry, got a perfect part for you." Here you go. Um, who knows? That's just me thinking about the inner workings of the. Sure, but you've got that insight, which is always interesting. Inside. Well, you 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 say that, but <laughs> <laughs> any highs or lows we haven't covered for you? Um, I think we've got. I think I I, I do think we've covered. I don't want to be unfair with this episode because it, it's. Mm. It is very high and it is very low for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think that the highs, I can forgive those lows that we've already mentioned. Yeah. Um, like we said, it's, it takes a little bit to get going this episode. There's a bit. Yeah. There's a bit of that, you know, um, that male gaze, um, you know, on the gazes in viewing of, of yeah. women. Um, you know, uh, and then there's obviously the kind of a lot of other stuff that doesn't quite gel or quite work. Again, it's not. It's not awful. It just. Mm-hmm, 
there's I've seen a lot like you know you, you can look at my podcast you've seen a lot worse <laughs> stuff I've watched it's a lot worse than this um but it's just stuff where I'm like it's just niggly little niggly things yeah. where yeah where I could just but like I'll forgive all that for the five minutes of that fight scene um, yeah onwards you know the episode like that's when the episode began for me really mm-hmm. began um you know and all the stuff with with Mary as well is fantastic this you know just, yeah, like you said, like halfway through the episode, it just goes right. Let's 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 get on full, it. Full throttle, pump out all gears are going. You know, pistons are shooting, firing mm-hmm. everything, all cylinders, go go go. Um, and that absolutely, I can forgive any anything else, any other kind of trivial kind of niggles uh, in story or character or what have you, because that was just some of the best television I've ever seen. Mm, nice. So you said you had some predictions. It's with them. Oh, predictions, predictions. Um, you know, maybe we'll get a, a subsection uh, that tears itself away from mm-hmm. the orphanage. Maybe like a, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they have a slightly different approach to the situation or they, maybe they're doing a similar thing, but maybe they're more proactive or something. Yeah, so we, may, we may have a schism, right? And we'll have the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, the penance team up on there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, civil, yeah, war yeah. Type, civil war type. Yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did have an X Men schism. That was an event. They did. They did. Yeah, I read that one. a few few years back. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll see we'll see more. I, I, again, I can't I can't. Other, other than that, I don't. I, I think we'll see more of. I think we'll see Swan get more evil. I think he'll do yeah. something. I think he'll do something that is. And I think maybe Orgy will be involved in that in some mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and feel and feel guilty for it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I see that because. Or you know, or he'll trap him in some way where he's like, "You can't leave me now. I need your money. I need your your family name. You're not going anywhere." You know, yeah. fr- framing him in a crime or something, or or you know, there'll be one of the women from the ferryman will die, but they were both there or something, something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, the whole Augie Swan thing doesn't really interest me that much. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll get more interesting. Um, I imagine there'll be something more with. I think there'll be something more with Nick Frost's character. Um, the beg- yeah, beg- there needs to be some sort of face-off, doesn't there? Because Amalia in this episode, when she mm. turned up on the horse, was yeah. somebody has overstepped their mark. Mm. So um, yeah, she's going to be gunning, isn't she? Next episode. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's going to be a definite confrontation. Mm. Um, in some of the trailers, we've seen Massim with some bombs in his hand. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I think there may be there may be another event other than the theater massacre which mm-hmm. would be able to motivate him beco- becoming mil- militarized against sure. the uh, the touched William uh, Stryker. Eh? Yeah, I think so. I, again, it's it's X Men. Like yeah. I'm not, you know, we I I'm I know we said that that fight scene was very original, but mm. a lot of the other the tropes are there. The same old mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing it well. Like I'm not saying it's it's not it's not yeah, being yeah, done yeah. well. It's it's just it's stuff I've seen a million times before. But it's stuff I enjoy. Like yeah, you know. And there's a lot of that. There's a lot of Buffy in there as well in the DNA. There's a lot of X Men in the DNA of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Carnival Row as well. I see a lot of that in the DNA. If you've seen that show or not, um, you know. And and it, but again, it's it's seemingly at the moment. It's currently kind of it's working. And yeah. I think I think if it just just feels like they've just got their their footing and now they're just gonna they're gonna build up pace and then again and then when we're all running 
full pelt, then it's going to be, you know, some excellent television, I think. So you'll keep watching then? I will, yeah. I'm, I, and also I want to listen to, to your podcast as well. So I want to keep abreast of, uh, of all the... I, I want to hear what other people think as well, like about episode one and two and, and future episodes. So yeah, definitely. And as you can guess, it's going to be massively spoiler heavy. So um, yeah, if you've not already watched, it's going to absolutely <laughs> ruin watching the episode for you. I need to think about it. That's three episodes in a row now. I've not given any spoiler warning. So I'm going to have to put it in the, in the show notes, I think. Yeah, just do it, do it in the intro. Do it in the intro. It's probably Absolutely. my fault. I was, it's probably my fault. I probably started off with it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. I had every intention of like, you know, breaking down as much as we wanted to. And yeah, we'll put the warning out there at some point. Yeah. Um, all right, Dan. So I guess we'll start wrapping up. I think uh, obviously just want to thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm really pleased that I could get you to come on because I've really enjoyed hearing your unique perspective on, on some elements of the show. Um, did you want to provide everybody with your contact details? Tell them where they can find you online. Yes, they can. Um, so uh, you can find my podcast. It's Spider Down and the Secret Balls. Um, I cover kind of uh, underrated kind of media, comics and cult films mainly. Um, uh, Jack's, Jack's been on the 100th episode. So I've got lots mm. of content, lots of content for you. A lot of people have really enjoyed that episode. I've got a lot of nice, kind words and messages about that. So that was really nice. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to listen. Um, uh, Spider Down and the Secret Balls.com um, or you know, in that web address. Um, it's got all the links you need to the podcast, all the places you can find the podcast, all the places I've been a guest on, um, all the information you need, FAQ on there, you name it. Um, Spider Dan and the Secret Balls, and that's B-O-R-E-S. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter, that's at Dan underscore Balls, uh, at Secret Balls on Facebook, and it is at Spider Dan Secret Balls on Instagram. Superb. Thank you very much. I can't recommend enough to everyone to please, if you haven't already, um, get on all of Dan's stuff. It's amazing. And like he just had 100 episodes of, of brilliance to, to uh, catch up on. You're, you're too good. Coming from my biggest fan, that's always a huge compliment. So, um, well, I'm going to keep putting them out there as much as I can. <laughs> well, lots more to come. Lots of good stuff. We've got um, Samurai Month coming up. We've got an episode on Hudson Hawk as well oh, yeah. um, which is a it's coming up in the next uh, week or so so very exciting um but yeah lots of good stuff this year it's gonna be fantastic i i already not to not to uh, pat myself on the back too much but i already <laughs> think oh and and my guess uh, but i already think this year is one of my strongest years definitely well music to my ears all right all that's left for me to say then is uh thank you to everyone for listening um, I've been I am Jack's Musings, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm most active. That's J A C S uh, for Jack's Musings. This show is coming to you as part of the Comics in Motion Network. Please check out all the other shows on there. It's a bunch of brilliant people putting out a show every single day for you um, across a range of topics to do with comics, TV, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just I, I can't say enough about those guys. Um, they're a wonderful bunch, bunch of people. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, with a look at episode four and joining me for that will be my first returning guest which is my little sister so she'll be back on next week uh, in the meantime be excellent to each other and make sure you really listen don't just wait for your turn to speak i am jacks signing off